Hey, yo, peace, world. It's the love king of R&B, the humanitarian Raheem Devon. And this is the cast of R&B with my man, 100 Grand, Eddie yeah. Blackman. Keep a lock right here. The cast of R&B Raheem Devon. Yes, sir. What's good, my brother? Love king, love king forever. Yo, it's crazy because uh, you've had like a lot of different monikers over your, you know, 15, 16, 17 year career. Indeed, I have. The, the underground true. king. Yeah. Uh, the R&B, R&B hippie, hippie neo soul rock star. Now we at the love king. Yeah, man. What's Skip, the, you skipped a couple, but it's all cool. Oh, well, let me know the other ones. Soup Cooler, with some of those you can't, you might not feel comfortable using. I, I, I don't even know. I read Soup Cooler Jones, The Lip God. Uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Spanky, Long Time. <laughs> Mr. Jiggy Conscious. It's a couple of other ones. Yeah, I'm just going to stick to the... Uh, uh, Smoky Temptations. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the Love King now. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, That's man. good. So where, where did uh, where the Love King come from? You know, it really came from a conversation one day of reinvention with the previous manager, still a great business partner, mm-hmm. um, Mike, um, Mike, Mike at the time. Uh, Mike, I, 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 my, my brain is joggled right now. I'm trying to remember Mike's last name. But Mike, you know who you are, Mike. And uh, we were having a conversation about just, you know, reinvention. I was just like, man, it's time to do something else. And we had this, we, we, it ended up being a 45-minute conversation about the Love King and how that could be perceived or mm-hmm. it could come off as arrogant or it's like, yo, is that, that's a bit much, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and of course, you know, me being the stubborn tourist that I am, I was already fixated on it. And it's crazy because that's what they calling me in the street now, you know, I, I'm, but I'm a firm believer that if you believe it, you have to believe in it. And part of, part of that belief and passion and dedication to something is you got to go borderline, or completely insane mm-hmm. to pull it off. So yeah, there, there we go. The Love King. Yeah, so it's crazy because I didn't realize that you were born in Newark and yeah. then moved down here. Yeah, so I was actually to be technical, Orange, New Jersey. I was born at Orange Hospital. Okay, um, I would spend, I would spend, you know, my school year semesters here in Maryland, in the Maryland area, and then I would spend summers in like. There was a period of time when my when my dad and his uh his uh wife at the time they lived in East Orange. Okay. So I grew up in East Orange that period of time. You know, right across from Orange Park. Um, there was a period of time where I lived. Um, as I got older, you know, as a teenager in in the Colonnades in in Newark, mm-hmm. New Jersey, I uh, spent a lot of time in Bastard Terrace projects at the time. Um. And, uh, yeah, so my mom was kind of, like, borderline suburbial, you know, and, like, yeah, you know, North, North, it was the trenches, yeah. like, the PJs, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. like, totally two different atmospheres, two different cultures, lingo, and it gave me a, um, it gave me an edge, I think, that's even now, to this day, is in my music, you know? Yep. Because your father was, um, he was a musician, correct? Yes, he said, you know, still living, um, retired jazz cellist. Okay. Um known as Abdul Wadud, you know, also, uh, you know, a teacher as well. And a lot of his students run up on me now. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. In different places, different environments, say, your dad taught me how to play cello, you know, violin, what have you. Um, there have been, there've been there've, <coughs> excuse me, there have been times where, uh, where like, uh, cats reach out to me on IG to interview him, Uh huh. you know, 
and that's that, crazy. That type of thing. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. He we, we actually he has a uh, project that's about fifty years old that he recorded with a few buddies of his, uh, uh, of his and uh, they're planning on putting this thing back out soon. Okay, so, are you gonna be a part of it? Um, not this particular project, but I have been kind of helping him through the process of understanding, you know, the digital world and just some of the things that have changed, you know, and and then but also some of the things that make it a lot easier to make your music accessible and. You know, I think the biggest downfall is they won't be able to go out and tour and do the music. Mm-hmm. So I went so far as to tell them, like, hey, man, you need to find some of your students and have them, you know, or y'all put a band together to perform the music, mm-hmm. you know? And then he's, you know, he's like, ah, I don't know about that. But I'm like, no, nah, that'd be cool. Stubborn. You know? So yeah, stubborn. So. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's cool being able to advise him, uh, you know, on, on things or, you know, we talk a lot on the late night tip. He's mm-hmm. still a night owl like me, and so you know he'll he'll listen to my strategies or what I'm trying to accomplish, and then you know three months from now, six months from now, he'll be like, "Oh, you did it! You were right! You were right! <laughs> or, da, 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 or you know, so it's, it's it's pretty cool. That's cool. So you're you're effectively like his A and R. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm a couple of people's A and R. That's funny you say that. Um, you know, big shout out to SRG ILS. Um, I am that who's currently my distributor. For uh, the Love Reunion album, album number seven. Yep. And uh, I've kind of stumbled upon an A&R job, you know, and just turning the wheel. So, I, so Mike Phillips, uh, saxophonist Mike Phillips, was the first like act that like officially like signed. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess you could say to the label. You know, was involved in the deal and connecting the dots. Um, Brave Williams, who's formerly with the group Rich Girl, mm-hmm. along with Seven Streeter. You know, she's she has. A, Great project dropping the top of the year as well. You know, I was involved in that in that deal, and uh, a few other things. You know, on the stove, just cooking that you can't talk about. Yeah, just good, you know, good things, man. Yeah, you know, uh, doing some acting as well. Uh, Love dot com was a film that just came out. It's pretty cool. Uh, got another film coming out called Available Wife later. You know, twenty twenty. Okay, and um, you know, looking to read for some different things. So it's it's. It's new, it's different. The, the A&R situation is not where I got to be in the office once a week. and You know what I mean? Yeah. I can kind of move and, and, and connect dots, plug people in, and help build the company. And hopefully when they get that nice big check. You'd be a part of it. I'll be a part of it. You know, I'll be a part of the legacy, you know? So it sounds like you're, you know, you're evolving. And um, the 15-year anniversary, of, I'm going to take it back, the 15-year anniversary of Love Experiences mm-hmm. is coming up. Yeah. Like, is it? Like you thought about like, damn. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I want to celebrate it to the twenty though. You okay. know what I mean? Um, you know, um, Jill just just announced. Yeah, Her like thing, she's yeah. doing yeah the tour and I think it's been twenty years. You know, Khalees. Yeah, you know. So um, I think the free t- the fifteen year mark may be a little premature, but I may do something. I'll figure out something quirky and cool. I'll have a light bulb moment, perhaps. I mean, yeah. Do I say? Do I wonder like where the time went? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's funny because. Um, you know, we've known each other for a while, but I don't know if I've ever told you the first time that I saw you live was had to be like oh four. You were on the Tangeray Soul Suite, oh, and you were performing. You were performing at Discotheque in New York. Yeah. I think I was like an intern yeah. uh, for this company called the Prasad Brothers, yeah. who were somehow involved with with, with Tangeray. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, did you have a a sampler? That I did okay. I, did. Yeah, I remember the getting the, 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 the sampler. Yeah. yeah, I remember getting the sampler. I was like, "Yo, this shit is incredible." Yeah, who's this dude? And that's why I, I got out there. Yeah, and you know, you had your Tim's on. You was you was rocking. Yeah, and, uh, 
I was dating this this uh, this girl at the, t- yeah. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I see where you get the love king shit from. So, uh, so yeah. So um, I took I I want to say that I took her with to the show mm-hmm. with me. And she was like, "Yo, this guy is incredible." Did so, you get laid that night? Yeah. Yeah, that's why they call me the love king. <laughs> Hence the reason I said that's why they call you the, the love king. My radio talking about my quiet storm voice. That's why they call me the love. That's king. why they call me the love king. So, um, so you put that out through Jive. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you get the deal with with Jive Records? Oh man, it was a lot going on at the time. I I always had my hand in the multiple pots and doing multiple things. So, around the time of the Jive deal and the interest of the Jive deal, I was already making noise and. In the streets in DC and a lot of doing, you know, doing a lot of the colleges. That's when you were the, the underground and doing king. The universities, yeah. I was doing. Uh, I was in a group called Urban Ave Thirty One. That was the first independent project we put out. It was a project called The Healing. It had a pill on it and everything. And all those records were like socially conscious, right? So it was, you know, probably the biggest record off of there. The street single was "It's Okay to Be You." Okay, right? And um, it, it was it was a part of a group that that kind of Urban Ave Thirty One kind of morphed from this group called the Remains that was like the DC Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys were incredible. They had like so woke and had so much potential. You know what I'm saying? And I think that just you know, at the time it was a it, we had that stigmatization on DC that it was just like a uh, a go go town. Yeah, which 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 is cool because it's still that. You know, I'm on my way to go do a go go show tonight, tonight. With, with my band, but. Um, it, it, it used to it used to it used to make you know companies they kind of would shun the rappers you know yep and um, so needless to say we started this group Urban Ave Thirty One it was a very successful thing it kind of morphed out of an open mic spot which was known as Bar None at the time um, I befriended a brother named Wes Felton and I had a group a dual group with him uh, just myself and, and him we called ourselves the Crossroads Crossroads as well so. All these things were cool, different ways to express myself musically and artistically and politically and socially consciously, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, but I also had like I was I was I would go to the studio and be making like you know love songs, love songs. you know what I'm saying. Yep. And um, as I as I you know I, the more the more woke I became um, through music and um, the culture and just the world, um, I started to implement those ingredients even in my solo music you know yep and uh really I, from my understanding manager at the time went to go take a meeting about some other things he was playing and, and every time some he put on one of my records and and you know was doing this thing was selling pitching for different things and they was like kept like, oh, what was that though who was mm-hmm. that let's go back to that and that kind of morphed into a um uh, uh showcase you know big shout out to cliff 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 i'm about to mix their names cliff jones and jerry vines um uh, who my managers at the time still like big home he's you know jerry has moved on to doing other things other than just management um we uh it's pretty cool we, you know we just did a movie and i'm in it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's, it speaks to the testament of being able you know where people can go different directions in business, but still, still come back together. Yeah, still yeah. do different things. They set the showcase up, man. I ended up performing. I was supposed to do two or three songs. I ended up performing for like an hour, mm-hmm. and they basically signed me right there on the spot on a handshake. This was around the time of like uh, the first allegations of like you know R. Kelly and that cuz and, and and we had been to every other label. So when so when Jive took the interest, I really knew what it was because it was like. There were no artists there. I had already done my homework. I was. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a credit reader. 
I'm studying the culture. I understand that the artists that usually on that label, they 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 really don't require A and R. They kind of like a self contained. Yep. You know, from you know N Seek, the Backstreet Boys to you know, I was there for that whole thing. Why, you know, when Justin Timberlake broke out and did his thing, you know, I sat through two mergers. I did my deal originally in 2002. That's the first deal I ever inked, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, back then, Jive, they made you do the publishing deal with Zomba. You couldn't take one without oh, yeah. I was already trying. I was like, well, do I have to Well, I don't want the publishing deal. I just want the, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to take the record and blow it up. And like, no, 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 no. You take, you take, <laughs> you, take you want both. this deal. <laughs> you take that, you take that too. And this is what we're going to give you. And that, that, so, um. So yeah, it was a learning experience, but I but I had been so heavy in the streets independently and was making a buzz and whatever. I kind of already knew. I, I I was I'm always a guy that's gonna weigh the pros and the cons. So I already knew. I thought of the worst case scenario that could mm -hmm. happen and the best case scenario that could happen. It was like, yo, doing this deal ain't a bad thing. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Worst case, I'm gonna walk away from this thing and probably having way more exposure to people that I want to reach with my with my music. Than not doing the deal at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and I and I and I and I just promised myself that I will always operate um, as an indie on a major, you know what I mean, and make my you know where other artists wouldn't make themselves accessible or touchable. I did, you know, and yep. and I and I'm, I'm one of those guys that you know, like I said, we're talking about far back as 2002, three, four, five. I made it cool to like to 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 be interact with your fans again, you know what I'm saying, yep. like. Um, myself, I think um, Eric Robeson is another example of that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Wes Felton, of course, you know, representing D.C. Um, but, you know, we made it cool to be like where you could reach out and touch the artists. And this is before like Twitter, and Instagram, all the social media. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it was like these like, you know, it was, you know, MySpace was just talking. Yeah. Hey, do who's thing. in your top 12? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. It, it 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 was a great experience, man. You know, signing with Jai back in two thousand and two. I sat through a lot of mergers. I went through a lot. You know, the album didn't come out to two thousand and five. The mm -hmm. album that they signed me off of was basically what we ended up putting out with yeah. a, you know a few records here and there. You know, in the between in between that, I was working with Jazzy Jeff a lot, um, Kenny Dope, and then one day I just had the idea because I was so frustrated through the process of sitting for almost three years and figuring out. Where the move, you know, what was going to happen? Um, I decided to start doing mixtapes. I discovered Fifty Cent, G Unit, mm -hmm. and Mike Jones, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me in hip hop. Um, because I, I then, you know, I said, yo, I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna do it with my swinging flavor to it, mm -hmm. you know. And it was, it, it was sort of like, I like the first couple of beats that I jacked. I mean, I guess I could put it out there now, but I don't know how they did. Somebody from the label, White labeled it. And then and, and from there it just started like spreading like spreading. wildfire like and you know I had relationships with the DJs I was already in the clubs I was hosting parties you know um, you know I I would always study like different individuals you know what I mean um, you know Jeff would do a lot of parties he started having me you know host it was a period of, it was a period in Jeff's career where my myself and Mad Skills would host his parties like mm -hmm. the first time I ever went to Spain was on the beach MTV Jazzy Jeff. On the beach. Crazy. We're hosting like crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I started So I started to see. I needed those three years to see and really understand what, where your music and just parting your lips to sing some words or taking the time to really think about what you do musically and aesthetically. 
can take you all around the world and create these relationships for you. Yeah. That you know, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't know Jazzy Jeff or Kenny Dope if it wasn't for um, Kev Brown and Cy Young. You know what I mean? Which was some cats from from here. From who here. Were, yeah, like you know what I mean? Like we because some stuff that we did, and it was like that thing again where they playing stuff, and it's like, yo, who's that? Bring him up here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you was moving around all over. Man, I was moving all over. There was, I mean, I was sleeping on couches, Chucky e. Thompson. I would go, I mean, I had somewhere to live, but I would go and, and somehow or another, I can't even remember how I infiltrated the Chucky e. Thompson camp, but that was like the ultimate thing, thing for me. So like there are records that he made that are out, you know, now. Um, I was there when I was there when Caramel Kisses for Faith Evans was created. Like I remember I was wow. there like sleeping on the couch. And seeing him, you know, fall asleep at the keyboard, Chuck got this thing where he, you know, we, we, we put him on in the air and he'll literally fall asleep with the mm-hmm. keyboard, with the track playing for like an hour or two, bro. And then wake up and then... <laughs> It'll get and right, back, back, and, right and, back in motion. Yeah, yeah, and the engineer be right there, yo, yo, you know what I mean? And man, I've seen some real cool things. You know, in 2005, I really, I pushed the, lay, I forced the label's hand because I was so popping in the street. What happened to DJs, this is when DJs had more free reign to play, play what they what wanted they want in the mix show. Yep. So it was like, if you had a relationship with them and, you know, you was their guy, God bless. Man, they started playing the mix. I started taking beats and the the Missy Elliott, um, what was it? What's he, um, don't fail me now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? That joint, I did the Many Men, uh, 50 Cent. Cent. Anything was hot, I was like, what's top, what's top 20? What's the, hot, what's the hot records right now? So you was, flip, you was the R&B guy that was I'm flipping the first, all the... So, so I'll go on the record and say, it, for, those that ain't, for those that may not know, I'm the first singer, soul singer, R&B singer to Jack Beats. Like, that's like, so the blueprint of what you see, like, artists like, uh, what's the little guy? King of R&B. Uh, uh, Jacquees. Jacquees. Oh, we gonna get into that conversation for the new millennials. You yep. know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that that I made it cool for. I created the platform for him to be able to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, re, I remember having a conversation with Trey Songs. We were like, it was his birthday, and we were like in like Oakland or the Bay or San Francisco, and him pulling me to the side and being. And this was right before the tray that took off tray. Yeah, and he, and, and um, this is before he uh, yeah. cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, he yeah. cut his hair, that's when he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I cut mine first. But but I so it's, it's, but I remember I remember um, him pulling me to the side on serious note and be like, "Hey man, you that dude? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, that's and, respect." And, 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 and and then and then I remember later on, you know, you know how things go when things go awry. He had a previous manager, manager who came, who basically came to me and was like, "Yo, we took your whole blueprint, bro. You was the blueprint." It's funny, I know, I know exactly. Who yeah, he was about. like, "Yo, you was the blueprint, and you and you been the blueprint. You the blueprint for a lot out here. I never forget that." And yeah. I mean, he told me play by play. You know what I mean? And, and, and at that point, I didn't understand to because something like that can make you bitter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it can be like, ah. And I stopped doing mixtapes for a while, right? And, but that it was when Drake said in our line, he said, it's not about who did it first, it's about who did it best. best. I understood. I, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a lesson in everything. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but like cats know. They know what's up. Like, you know, I'm like 20 mixtapes deep. I mean, people, bro, I got a, I got a uh, anthology mixtape thing I used to like sell. It, it basically we turned all the all the tapes into MP3s. It's like over like three hundred songs on it. On a on a disc, it's a double disc, three hundred songs plus. Like, so when you gonna put them out? 
I mean, no, I, 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 I went through a period where I would sell those at the show. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, excuse yeah. me, not sell them. We, we, we get a donation. I like that. <laughs> give a donation. Yeah, we, they would give us a donation for it. It's funny you touched on a you touched on a few things that I want to I want to just double back on real quick. I think one of the big things is that I feel like you are one of the most underrated R and B. And I don't, I, you know, I don't really like to categorize artists. That's cool. So when I when I say this, it's not any type of disrespect. I think that you're one of the most underrated artists but more specifically one of the most underrated r&b artists mm -hmm. how do you and, feel but about still that? prolific absolutely like i'm like 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 when you know when when the, when the, when the, when the new millennials or the they, you know it, like people run up on me they use you know i saw i, I saw um you know people use terms like legend like mm -hmm. what's up legend or whatever and i just like how does that make you feel? it moves me different like it's it's cool it's humbling you know yeah um I, I try not to how I, how I've my coping mechanism now like you know where I feel like you know I got I've been jerked for Grammys or not recognized at different you know award ceremonies not mm -hmm. even to be able to just even present an award you mm -hmm. know what I mean um, but I've always just kind of just been that recluse and moved in my own circles but how but my coping mechanism now is just to deal with facts and numbers don't lie mm -hmm. like my Spotify numbers just came out. Yeah, I saw what you posted a few days ago. Like, I, you know, from where it was last year to where it is, to now. Where it is now. Oh, and now, and and I and now I have a formula. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, it's working. You know what I'm saying? Let's see if it works for this. Let's, you know. So I'm gonna up the ante a bit, but um, it, it 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 the coping mechanism is very simple. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and we and we. We live in a culture where it's a lot of smoking mirrors, like so it's perception of the reality mm -hmm. that something is popping or that's doing well or whatever. But like you know, Paul Star don't lie, and yep. numbers don't lie. Them dollars and cents don't lie either. Dollars and cents don't lie. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, to be able to say, um, you know, I work extremely hard. I have to work ten times as hard because I don't get the opportunities and look sometimes that I deserve. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so in knowing that. Um, it's that working ten times as hard, but also in the process of working harder, working smarter and not harder. Yep. Too, you know what I mean. And when I see those little gaps, and I see, you know, I, I'll sprint a little bit, and then I'll pace myself. Like, but I'm a constantly running a marathon. Like, it's 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 really like the last man concept, the last man standing concept. Mm -hmm. Um. Years ago, Je uh, uh, Dougie Fresh pulled me to the side. He he told me. You the last one, bro, and I ain't, I didn't get it. I understand what he meant, but now I know what he meant. What do you think he meant? I I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> but he said I was, he just said he just said that I was the last one, and I understand. And but now I understand because right. I seen a lot in this culture. I seen a lot in this business. I seen a lot in the world, and um, so now I understand. You know? Yeah. And it's a way to kind of navigate through life and be successful. Based on how you measure success versus how other people measure it for you, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That that's that's the that's been one of the things, and knowing who I, and knowing who you are before you jump into it. I think that's the most important part yeah. is understanding who you are as as an artist and not getting lost, yeah. like you said, in the social media world, getting caught up in the in all of those, you know, smoke and mirrors, essentially. Yeah, like the biggest, the biggest, the biggest, uh, man, uh, deterrent to to artists like that are dope, like. Like 
like like Ro James, mm-hmm. Luke James, and BJ Chicago kid in particular, because I study. I had these talks all the time, debates, whatever. Right? Is that the labels be in their way? They don't know what they're doing. I don't mean no disrespect to nobody, but they don't know what they're doing. I'll say it because I could watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I ain't got nothing to lose. Huh? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like they 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 they, and it's just like you gotta let we we in a free world of music. Like we in a we in that we in that space, man, where. There's no you, gatekeepers you, you, anymore. You, you know what's so dope about the music business? There's a saying where you only get one time to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. But when, but in our business, that's out the window, bro. Yeah. Especially now. That's why, that's that that's why, and I'll say this, people think I'm crazy, maybe, but the most iconic hip-hop living artist right now, iconic in terms of reinventing himself and constantly throwing things to the wall, right? And some stick and some don't and what but I mean he's he's his brand is bigger than his music now. I mean it's been like that for some time. Mm-hmm. It's Snoop to me. I knew you was gonna say it. Like he's he's like it's it's something it's I can't explain it, bro. It's like some it's like some it's like some Michael Jackson shit. It's like how it's like how kids can I I our four year old, three year old, five year old can know who Michael Jackson is mm-hmm. and you'd be like, damn, how did you you how how do they you know what I mean so um so when we so that's why we got to be careful when we talk about who's a legend and who's not yeah you can't just and who's like legendary freely, you can't freely throw that word you can't around. Ba- you can't you can't freely throw it around and you can't strip somebody of it mm-hmm. based on some numbers you gotta look at the or fame bo- or what entire body yeah, of work because last time I checked the last public video that I uh funeral that I saw home going for somebody where they stopped the news and basically stopped television and televised it or whatever. You know, before Nipsey Hustle uh, was uh, Prince, mm-hmm. or you know, I remember that funeral. Uh, Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. like so, it ain't. You can't be Nipsey and touch as many lives as you did alive or after or death, after life. and not use a term like legendary. Like, are you serious? Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's but but again, <clears throat> these are debates, and they're great debates to have, but. It ain't. It ain't no. Certain things are just like you don't even got to question them because mm-hmm. it's already been proven. Like you know what I mean. So it. It. it, it so I. So in me. In me knowing that, like I know that I'm creating a legacy. Like you know, every day I wake up to go to the studio. I, every stage I touch, every community, you know, uh, event I attend. You know, um, every deal I close for somebody else to help an artist secure their masters or you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, and, and and create these unique uh, fly situations for them to continue putting out their music like I'm creating a legacy you know what I mean yeah <clears throat> excuse me so you put out three albums on a major label and then you put four albums out independently is that right? right yeah so what do you feel the biggest difference between a major and an independent is? My my, my last major release was of an album was uh 2010, the Love and War masterpiece. The du- that was the double disc, right? Yeah, which yeah. went on to to be um, it sold the least physical physical copies, mm-hmm. um, at the time, you know what I mean. So it would it would it would, it would so so sales were declining, mm-hmm. but the entire body of work was nominated for a Grammy for the Grammy because you've had. Three knots, yeah. Right? So yeah. far, yeah, under my belt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I lost to John Legend. It's not a bad one year. I lost to Prince one year, and I lost to the Roots. Roots and John Legend one year. Prince 
and I can't remember the other. Yeah. Those aren't really bad. Yeah, people. those are not bad people. Lose, <laughs> lose but, I but I would have loved to have like the armor though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's all good. I mean, when I when you hear the stories of like artists that are like in their fifties and sixties and never been acknowledged. Yeah. And you know, or don't have one. You know what I mean? So is uh, so is the acknowledgement a consolation for not receiving? Nah, I mean, I think they just you know you get the you 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 win the Grammy, you get to go in the back room, you get all the gifts you hear about. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you you, you can you get the, the the price the ticket value go goes up. up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Get that sales bump. Yeah, you yeah. know, but I mean, it's an acknowledgement from your peers, and who don't want to be acknowledged by their peers? Yeah, Sometime, I think it's a little some, bit some more time. politics than anything else. No, yeah, yeah, no doubt, definitely. I mean, now at this point, it's a it's a circus. All award shows are circus. Yeah. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like, um, and you know, I'm thankful for the ones that I have. I think, well, I well, if it's meant for me to get that, cool. But the greatest reward is stepping in a building and and, and, and you know, if it's a, if it's a 500 seater, knowing that you sold 500 seats. If it sells 2,000, knowing that you want to build, it sold 2,000 seats. You know, it did 80 percent, 90 percent. You know, what I'm saying you're getting a bonus tonight. Like, you know what I mean? So. Um, that's the reward. I mean, re- being able to connect with people and, you know, for me to be able to put out music and and say that, you know, in the last in the last 12 months, I put out two albums. Um, I had two top five records, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the format, you know, that I target that I feel like is my demo. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I, and I, I'm just getting started. Now I got the formula. I, You're just warming up. I'm on up. cruise control, man. I like... Like I'm, I'm prepared to drop an album every nine months for the next fifteen years. I've seen that a few times. You said it in an interview. You yeah, it's already your, done. Your, your like Instagram. it's already too late. If right. we talk, if we, if we talking about a level of competitive, because I'm very competitive. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, and I, and I like to think that sonically, I, I've, I've carved out a lane for myself. And, um, but I'm in tune with what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And, um, but, but most importantly, I have a formula. And once your formula works. You're going with it. Yeah, you keep going with it. I, I, I can definitely say, like, the the Love Reunion album and, re, and, and, and the process in making that album is where I, when I was done with that album, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, now, I'm now a master of what I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, at, at, my, at my art form, meaning I have a formula that works for me. It works every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, and right why, and, and why straight away from it. And right now I feel like I can't miss. Like I just it just that's just I mean, it's my season, like I know it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just gotta just enjoy it, ride it out, you know. And it, and the thing is, from what I hear, everybody has a season. So I, all I did was just like prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, me saying like, you know, I got all this music I'm sitting on is is facts, but but I'm also making music in real time. Mm-hmm. Like I got albums that I I just got a call for an album I'm doing. It's gonna come out actually in 2020. Um, I can't say with who yet, but it's a producer from Detroit. Okay, a hip hop producer, and the whole album is done. We did it in 2017. We did the summers 2017 probably over like a three four week. It took about actually about 12 days. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay. And they and and he had a lot of things coming out and doing whatever. He just dropped this the project and he hit me up and was like, "Yo, we ready now." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know it was it's a one off through his through, through through his label situation and we partnered up on it and you know I own a portion of Master. They gave me advance three years ago. They still owe me money on the back end. <laughs> when the joint come out, it'll be boom, and then we'll be off to the races. But like 
just stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's, it's projects that I have that are already archived and, you know, you go back and tweak them and match and match them and what have you. But, um, so I've been, so now I've been investing my sound into other people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny because, you know, hearing you say, <clears throat> excuse me, the business, understanding the business portion of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I would I would venture off and say when you were signed to a major label, mm-hmm. you didn't really understand the business of it. Like most artists don't. I, I'm, no, more, gen- I'm I more actually, generalizing. Actually, did I did. It. I did. So when you get an advance, because generally mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. artists that go to a record label, they get an advance, a million dollars. Great, I got a million dollars. Not really understanding that, oh, I got to pay taxes, taxes on that, on I got to pay this, I got to pay that. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah. understanding how they got to recoup that money you know, yeah. through sales and things of that yeah. nature. Obviously, it's a little easier to understand now just in general because of the streaming business. But I was reading something on, I think it was Black Enterprise, was saying that you know, Raheem Devon is a businessman. Yeah. So do you feel like you're more equipped, understanding that you knew then what the business was, but do you feel like you know more now Oh, it's now more than ever, and there's some things that I'm that I dropped the ball on, and I gotta fix. You know, I ain't the perfect, I ain't the greatest businessman. You know what I'm saying? I dropped uh, one of my biggest fumbles, not signing Logic. I discovered him. I was one of the one of the people that discovered him from this area, and he, you know, he wanted to do business with with me, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it because my partner at the time didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lesson in that. Before I had, I could, I probably could have had some 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 estate. You know, some 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 uh, some 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 investment in in you know in 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 Wale in mm-hmm. the Wale brand. That was one of the first people that they you know, hey, from we got DC. this guy. You know, at the time we got this kid. We want you to come to the station and meet. And I went, and we talked, and I gave him advice, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I didn't, and 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 I, I it wasn't presented to me like, hey, this is something you could be part of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But looking back on it, he probably requested the meeting. He probably wanted to do something, you know, to figure it out. I just wasn't in that mindset at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like you, it, 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 yeah, this is definitely a business, like you know, and you can play to win. Like I got out of my deal because I understood the business. I didn't get dropped from job back in 2010. I could break the whole thing down to you. You know what I mean? Go ahead. So, 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 basically, I was going into what I just coming out of my third option. Going into my fourth. Mm-hmm. Let me say this too. All of my albums were in the black. They always made their money back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in those scenarios, those it's a pro and a con. It's a good and a bad thing for you because they make their money back, but then they might then they might see the need to not have to spend no more money on you. You know what I'm saying? In the process. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it was a lot of that going on and um going into the fourth option. I remember having a conversation um, with Peter Thea at the time and saying, like, hey, like, you know, going to that fourth option, I was up for, like, an M, probably damn near on both sides, mm-hmm. a, you know, recording budget for the M, nice big advance. They call that the Mini Max. Yeah, the Mini Max, you know what I'm saying? And they hit me with the, man, sales are down, the, you know, digital, digital. world's cause coming in taking over. You do an album for three hundred grand, <laughs> and that in my mind, I could have did it for three hundred grand. I probably could have did a whole album for like twenty, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean, or ten, right? But 
I didn't want to do it for that. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted for once in my life. I wanted to. I wanted for, at that company and what I all I had been through and all I had proven at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, this is after woman being number one. You know, this is after customer having the success it did before R. Kelly got on the record without my blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it. it so it, it it was it was. So it was like yo, this the one time that y'all got the opportunity. To show me that you recognize my worth and my value, mm-hmm. and the first and the first thing you want to do is talk me out of it. So I gave him an ultimatum and we're like, "Yo, if y'all can't if y'all can't if y'all can't honor your contract with me, then you know I'm out." Like you know, so as you know, when I, when the Big Apple struck twelve uh, December. 2011 and we wrote over in December 2011 I've been independent ever since ever since yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. and um, and now, the, now that's the pro the con was well, I didn't have no plan so I waited three years to put out an album continued doing mixtape stuff did podcasts mm-hmm. was one of the first to do that had like broke a lot of records had a lot of people on the show from Kendrick Lamar to Marsha Ambrosia to Boney James to Spike Lee to you know, different athletes and actors and people in culture and you know and um, you know it was called the Raheem Devon Show, mm-hmm. which which you know we gave up we gave I, think I remember that we created a blueprint for like you know where where like DTLR that became the yeah. blueprint for DTLR WHUR they came they were right they were literally a block away mm-hmm. that became the we became the blueprint for their whole operation and how they run now. On the digital side, you know what I mean. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so being on the cusp of that and seeing like everybody got like everybody got a show now, you know what I mean. And this is like again, um, just being at the blueprint of it, you know what I mean. Being one of the first or the first to do it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, um, it's it's a it's it's a good thing. It's 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 a good thing to be able to say that on both sides of the spectrum. Other coin, yeah, yeah. Um. Earlier in the conversation, you said, uh, you know, you understand your formula and you understand the space. And, and specifically, you said something about radio. And this is a kind of an ongoing thing. When I talk about R&B mm-hmm. and as it relates to radio and the urban AC format, mm-hmm. right? There's the history of that format. There was such a a, a uh, stigma that came with that. that negative. Was, yeah, yeah, negative connotation that came with that. Yeah. But now it's I, the first place they run to try to play your record. Uh, and hope that and hope that they can get it there. But it's just not the adult. It's you know you see the Daniel Caesars, you see oh, the yeah, no Ella Mays. So no it's for me, it's really a R and B format. It's not yeah. even an urban yeah. AC yeah. format. You know, you can anything that's R and B and and however you want to break it down, whether it's alternative R and B, bedroom R and B, it's still R and B format. It right? is. Um, do you think that's still important? What's piece? the difference between Daniel Caesar and Music Soul Child? You see what I'm saying? Uh, nothing for me. What's the difference between uh, um, Jill Scott and Adele? Nothing. If you close your eyes, nothing. They they both see what are I'm saying. The same type of music. And by the way, Adele is, is played on WHUR. See what I'm saying? But is Jill played on? No, the rhythmic station. She's not playing on the rhythmic station. Why she's not? not playing on the pop station? Because it, they, because no. What the, the the elephant in the room is. Just like in every other thing, in every other culture, whether it's fashion, film, the pigmentation matters of our skin matters, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's real. 
You know what I mean? Like so there's so there's a so there's an undertone of what you call a systematic yet again, that systematic racism. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, like, I don't know that it's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, it is what it is. But what see what makes it inter- what makes it interesting is these internet babies, the ones that can bypass the label. Mm-hmm. They, they doing a seventeen percent profit sharing. Um, I only learned that because I, I learned that the other day <laughs> from from watching uh what's the kid um Rust they were, the, the 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 rapper Rust his name Rust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. a newfound, you know, fan of Russ or whatever. But I, because I, I, it's something to learn from these guys, like Absolutely. how they doing it, you know. So I saw where he did this, where he did this interview. He was talking about the 17 percent profit share, and I was like, oh, that's that's something I could be on, you know, something I could ask for, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a way to buy, kind of bypass it now. It's like you know, the new millennials, the ones that were forgotten about, the ones that were outcasted, mm-hmm. and like you know. The reality is, man, whether you're talking about soul music, R&B, hip-hop, pop, whatever, there are more artists than there is space. Absolutely. Every every day there's For something. terrestrial radio. 1,000%. You know what I mean? And at this point, satellite radio. Mm-hmm. So for somebody like myself who can put out two albums in less than six months, mm-hmm. had two top ten records in the Urban AC format... I think it's safe to say that I got a formula and I've been studying the culture, right? And I'm only in phase, I'm just starting to dip into phase two of the master plan, right? And yeah, that's it. But, 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 but in the process, you know, I like being the underdog because nobody see me coming. They didn't see me coming. It's already too late, bro. It's like way too late already. So it's so so it's 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 just a matter of time. I just gotta just live to see it. So you speaking know? of uh, new millennials and new artists, like who are some of the new artists in, in the genre that are kind of on your radar that you like? Oh, I'm kind of fucking named, with them. I named three off the break. You know what I'm saying? Um, of course, like Ro, um, Luke, BJ, Sir. I met Sir about three years ago now mm-hmm. at a Jazzy Jeff retreat. It's like X Men. It's like we call Jeff. We call Jazzy Jeff. By the way, we call him Professor X. Okay. Right, he's Professor X, like X Men. Yeah. yeah, and he has these retreats that we that you have to be invited to. I heard about these. Yeah, like you I know, haven't, I haven't been to one. And yet, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and it's an experience, you know. what I mean, because I go, you know, it's held on his grounds on his property, and um, and I went, and it's like I walk in, and it's like, uh, it's like Ali Shahi Muhammad. It's like. From a tribe called Quest. Yeah, it's like all these different people that you that you that you even heard of, that you never thought you'd be able to reach out and do this, mm-hmm. or people that you need to know about. Yeah, like you going like they're here for a reason. You just because you don't know about them, don't mean they that 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 the world ain't gonna know about them. Yeah, like I knew about like like sir, and I didn't even know he had a brother at the time. <laughs> You know, you know who his brother is? Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, just talking about yeah, so, 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 bro, and it was like, and I didn't, and, and he was, and, and you know, he was, a, he was, he was a quiet guy, and, you know, it, it, so it's all these different rooms, people just making music, whatever, but when you really saw, like, the, the talent, where there was, you know, because there's a, there's a, uh, um, different exercises that Jasper has you do throughout the joint, you know what I mean? And even down to, I'm talking about, it's so Professor X, even down to where you stay. Because we stayed in these trailers, mm-hmm. but you had roommates, and each trailer was labeled something. 
So, so I was so just in the moment. I never paid attention to what my trailer was called to like the last day. I barely slept in it because I was I was up pretty much the whole time. So how many how many days is working? It? We was like over a course of like three four days. Okay, shit. I don't know. We lost time. Of it. We were just there in the moment, like making music. I was in the Matrix. Like oh, it was it was crazy. So my so on my so on my door, our trailer was called the Blueprint. <laughs> and at that moment, when I then it all it all came full circle because I was thought about the mixtapes. Yep. I thought about the podcast stuff. I thought about all these little cool things that I was that I've done and being the first one to do them. And guess who my roommates were? Who? And I was mad because I didn't really I didn't really go to go there to sleep. So I would, you know, what I mean, I was kind of just moving around. The whole time, or I pass out in the studio on the floor, or in the seat, or whatever. Right? Eddie F was my roommate. Oh wow! I, I realized I found out during that retreat that at one point Eddie F was Eddie F was probably like responsible for like eighty percent of black music yeah. in the nineties, as an exec, as or an executive. Yeah, it's crazy. The dude, the dude, the, the dude, like the owner. I guess he was like the owner, or yeah, this is like the owner of GoPro. Was our was our. Uh, was another one of our bunk mates, and okay. then it was like, and then it was like, uh, oh man, I can't remember the brother's name, but he's like a huge DJ Zip or what the, the, oh man, I can't remember his name right now, but huge DJ. Matter of fact, the the last the the time I had saw him before we were in his bank, this in his bunk, he's sleeping. It was like it was some festival, and he was DJing for like LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know I went there with like Jeff we had this so he was like come on we gonna go over here and it was like next day we on stage and he's like whoa this guy DJing and LL, LL's rapping it's like 50,000 people right so it 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 it, it yeah it, it's, it's 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 interesting like you know what they say you are what you eat you are the company you keep mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying you know you think you the dopest it's always somebody doper man you know and um to see these artists, you know, the, how how do we combat that that systematic racism? Is just like you know, um, music is colorblind at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's gonna find who it's gonna find, and people are gonna gravitate to you and whatever. You know, the danger in that is that you know when you got owners of like Facebook owning Instagram, and you know what I mean. It's kind of like you don't know what you don't know you don't know if you're you don't know if you're on a on a wall. <laughs> Your face I, is on the wall. I get like, that blue check. Like yeah, like all right. We don't like his propaganda. We don't like what she stands for. So we're gonna just suppress all of that. Suppress that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I try to keep it. You know, older now, but it's, I still I still try to keep it organic and being out in the street where people can touch you. And mm -hmm. That's that. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's important. That, that connection. Can't no manager the can the connection you make with your audience can uh, ain't no ain't no podcast uh, manager record company playlist playlist uh, you know social media site that can break that bond. Yeah, I think that you know in in today's business model, there's you know three different verticals, right? There's radio, terrestrial radio, which uh -huh. you know has a level of importance. There's obviously the DSPs, yeah. which you know we pay. $10 a month for and have yeah. access to all the music but I think the most important part is the touring aspect of it because yeah. that's where your your fans like you said can touch and feel you yeah. you know you have social media which becomes essentially your new street team yeah. um, and if they love your music and you're translating your music live and, and how it sounds on records and you know they pay $50 and then they come back and they pay $75 and they buy a t-shirt and they yeah. do a you know they 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 
uh, purchase a meet and greet. Yeah. So I think that is the most important part of the business. Now, everything else is just kind of supplemental to the touring piece of it, which obviously you stay on the road because yeah. that's a lot of bread and butter, I'm, I'm assuming, for you. And mm-hmm. it was funny you mentioned earlier about how your streams have increased. Right, mm-hmm. and that's probably a, a direct result of you putting out music. And, oh yeah, and, we can and, go like like I'm I'm getting I, out I, on the road. Like I, I I know this is gonna be jumping this week because I I get my numbers every week. Like I know that my sales was up three percent. Um, you know, sales was up last week. Streams was up three percent. You know, so business was up three three to three to six percent last week. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I go to Atlanta. I just left Atlanta this week. It's gonna be jumping. It's gonna probably a lot of distractions gonna come from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be. Um, um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that with like Atlanta because you know what I mean. I did I made a lot of moves in Atlanta this week, so people anywhere that somebody sees you, they then they gotta go get they fixed. They're gonna go. They're gonna go. Go put go it stream on. It. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a whole it's crazy because it's a whole different business model, and, and I almost feel like it's a it's a young man's game, right? Because all of these young artists who understand the social media piece of it they understand the sound clouds and the streaming platforms and mm-hmm. they've they've really kind of mastered that mm-hmm. um but it, it's it's funny i want to also segue back to to that that, that uh the r&b conversation everybody all these young boys are you know i'm the king of r&b i'm the yeah. king of r&b yeah. what's your what's your 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 take on i mean on let's see where we at 20 years from now that's 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 that that's my response. Like, Longevity. Let's yeah, let's see where you at twenty, ten, twenty years from now. Like it's one thing to say that now, it's another thing to say and stand on it ten, twenty years from now. Yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of these artists don't understand what it takes to have longevity in, in mm-hmm. this business. Obviously, you know, like I started, you put it you put out an album almost fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. What are the kind of the like three key points you think that have um let you have the the success that you've had and the and the longevity that you've had over that period of time. Um, being comfortable in my skin, because you know, people can people can read they can read the senior how sincere you are or not. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know humility. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I some of the opportunities, some of the probably best opportunities I get. Well, I've gotten it hasn't been because I make great music. It's just because people like me as a person. Yeah, it's important because we can have a just a sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or it's like you don't gotta turn around when I'm walking down the hallway. You know, <laughs> he's coming. The Love King is coming. Turn around, face the wall. The like, Love King. You know what I mean? Coming. Like so, it it you know, and then and then consistently, consistent, consistently, and consistency has been key. Like period. Like, yeah. I, I always deliver when it comes to the music. I I, I I I I spend late nights in there and early mornings cooking up the soup, trying different ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Eating that batch. Oh, how can we make it better? You know what I mean? And um and I, and, and 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 at the end of the day, I love what I do. I'd be doing this. I'd be doing this whether I was making money to do it or not. And that's the most important part is the passion about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like. So, that I think that those things have, you know, have, have, have given me that sustainable career longevity. You know, where and where people start to use those those terms like legend and iconic, and you know, I don't mind when people say I'm underrated. You mm-hmm. know, because the opposite of underrated is overrated. So that just means I I may be I may be in fact surrounded by a lot of overrated. 
people. It's a good perspective. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I and I I try not to um I always remind myself not to measure my success against somebody else's because you don't know what they did mm-hmm. to get there. You don't know what they sacrificed, who they sacrificed, what morals, whatever. You don't know. You don't know what they did to get there. Yeah. You or you know it's just like you don't know how hard, you don't know what they you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. know if they just like was like, man, I'm gonna sleep on my homeboy's couch. You know, I'm gonna live in a shelter for a whole year. They just see the results of you it. Just, yeah, all you see the... is the result. Yeah, all you see is the result. You know, and you know you want you want you want you want what they have. <laughs> the pitfalls of social media. You know, yeah, it's a that it's a curse, man. You know? Um it's a curse. You're talking about consistency. One thing that I noticed is that you have consistently used the word love in all of your album titles, mm-hmm. which clearly is on purpose. Mm-hmm. What, what was the, uh, what's the rationale behind that? Um, it's the driving force. You know what I'm saying? It's the passion. It's, um, it's free. You know, it's the exchange that happens every time I get on stage between me and the audience. You know, there's, there's, there's sometimes I get on stage and it's like, I just had some really bad news, mm-hmm. bad day, what have you. And it's just like, that goes away. You know what I mean? And I think that that, same thing happens for the listener and for the audience when they connect with you if they can connect with you um, it's like yo you don't know you know we pray every day before you know before every show and it's like one of the things I, I always mention is a sense of escapism you know we're providing a, um, entertainment for people that's coming in to escape like the, you know it's the same reason people come to a, a show to see you perform the same reason people watch a television show mm-hmm or doing some music, or go to the gym to work out. You know what I mean? To burn off, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or get high. You know what I mean? So yeah. everybody has their vice. You know what I'm saying? I think music is definitely my drug, my vice. Love is my drug. You know, a choice of drug. That being said, where do you see yourself? That's some good years? cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> There was no smoking done in this session. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. Where do you see where do you see yourself in fifteen years? Oh man, um, like my, uh, in my own cool little universe, like 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 a Clarence Avon, you know, for 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 my peers. Did you see that documentary? I did. <sighs> Heavy, yeah. but that's you know, life is about. Uh, Everything he did was common sense, really. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It, you know, it, but life is about connecting the dots. It's about connecting the dots, relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and, and supply and demand. His whole the way he moves is supply and demand. You know what I mean? Um, that was it. Um, what's the brother that just bought the network? Um, the weather. The weather. Um, oh, um, the one that's suing. Uh, yeah. Um, Why his name his name won't come to me right now? I know who you're talking about, but point I'm trying to make is I watched him do an interview where he was saying like he didn't have the money, he just found the person that had the money, and found the person that needed to sell the product, and you know what I mean, kind of putting it together. So it's like, you know, one of the things I always when I take meetings and stuff now I I, I try to walk into the meeting asking what they need first before I talk about what I need, you know, and um, I think. You know, the key to the success 15 years from now, where I want to be, is just, you know, I want to be 
enjoying my kids still. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to. I do want to slow. I want to do one. I do want to be able to slow down a little more. Um, do a lot. A lot. Of, you know, film a lot. Film television. You know, I want. I want to put people on, man. I'm already doing that. I just want to see. Like, I want to be able to look ten years from now, five years from now, fifteen years from now, and know that I helped some real cool people in their artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, feed their families and created a sound sonically mm-hmm. you know where i had my run where i you know where at least on urban ac 50 percent anywhere from 30 to 50 percent what you heard i was involved you in was some, involved in some or influenced and I, or I influenced it like that's and that's something i always said i would do but i didn't understand how i would do it until doug until dougie until dougie told me one day you're the last one, bro. <laughs> and um, yeah, man. So I, it's you know, you, if, if we're not having fun doing it, man, what are we doing, right? Yeah. Like if we're not helping some people along the way, you know, definitely can't help everybody. Learning that too as well. Yep. But yeah, I want to be a guy. Put people on, man. Like put my put on for my city. You know, put on for the culture. And um, you know, this is just, I'm on a R&B trilogy series right now. You know. Decade of Love King was volume one. The Love Reunion was volume two. And then I got the 2020 Love Affairs coming for in 2020. It's going to be a double CD. Okay. Because it's 10 years since I dropped the last That's double CD. Like it's, it's, the uh, everything about me is like... You got it, you got it mapped out. Yeah, it's, it's got to be fly. It's always got to be like... Da-da-da. <laughs> and after, after the R&B Trilogy series, it's going to be the Soul series. You know what I'm saying? So it's going, you know. You got it all planned then out. Then it might be like the jazz series. You gonna be the, like gonna be the, the jazz king series. And then I can be, I'll be the R&B jazz. <laughs> the R&B <king>. jazz king. <laughs> well, man, I I uh, I appreciate your time and all the the gems and the knowledge that you dropped. Yeah. Before we get out of here, got a few uh, a few questions. Okay. Not really questions, but just I just get into it. Marvin Gaye or Donny Hathaway? Marvin Gaye. Prince or MJ? Prince. Maxwell or D'Angelo? D'Angelo. Chris Brown or Drake? Chris Brown. Raheem Devon or Raheem Devon? Raheem Devon against everybody. <laughs> Versus everybody. <laughs> My nah, brother. Man, it's all good, man. Like I, 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 if I if I had to leave any put any messages out there. Like I do everything I everything I do is fueled by idea or dream. Don't be afraid to dream and don't be afraid to make your dreams a reality. Nobody's gonna give you shit. You gotta have to work for it and respectfully take what you want. And you we all know what happens if you try to take something from somebody and you don't do it respectfully, right? Yep. And, you know, I would just leave that message that the three greatest gifts are the gift of decision, time and free gift of decision, time and one another. And if you master those things, the gift of decision, the gift of time, and the gift of one another, you too can be a goat. Let it marinate, people. Let it marinate. My and goat stands for greatest of all time, but also God over all things. Woo! Woo! Love life. <laughs>